Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated former lovers that explores all the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It, it just, just Makes, makes sense. sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And on this episode, we're continuing with the 1990s The Deadliest Decade series with episode four, Lords of Chaos. Like Lord of the Rings chaos? Like what is this bullshit? It's pretty good. Really? It's better than last week's. It started off slow and I was like, here we go, another like boring, snoring 1990s episode. And then it was like one thing after another. I'm like, this is kind of wild. Really? Yeah. Well, let me let me tell you a quick story. Okay. And I will... Well, first, you, you can't really relate to it very well, but I would like to know what your thoughts are. Okay. Okay, so a friend of mine was telling me about her husband, like a, a couple friends, they're married. Yeah. Right? And the wife is very anti-vax. Okay. Right? But the husband is not. Okay. Okay. So in order for his job, they recommended that he get Vaccine. the, va- the vaccine. Because science. Continue. Correct. But he's not like, I mean, he's not in the medical field. He's not anything like that. So unbeknownst to her, he went and got it because she's anti. He didn't tell her? He didn't tell her. And then he was sick for like 24 hours. I didn't get sick for mine, but okay. Yeah. Continue. So like, (laughs) what do you think? I don't know what he told her, like why he was sick. I think he just said he had a, Yeah. yeah, just had a bug or something. But like, would you, A... Would you do that? Yeah. Like if your husband was hundred percent, I would. You would. Yeah. You just fake it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, without well, a doubt. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't even feel bad. I well, would tell them. I'd be like, I went and got vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first <laughs> off, I wouldn't be with someone who was anti-vax. Right. And then I would probably divorce them if I was. Right. But yeah, like, no. I would just be like, I'm getting it. Deal yeah. with it. Suck it up, cupcake. Suck it up. I'm actually gonna bring you. So <laughs> I'm actually gonna save a little and bring yeah. it and give it to you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. I wonder what I would do in that situation. But I would definitely get it. Yeah, I would for sure get it. Whether yeah. or not I lie, I would get it. Right. Okay. Did he get the like one, or does he have to get two? J and J. Oh, so yeah. it's one done. Yeah. No. Because I'm like, what if she like ties him down once you find? I know. Can't get the second one. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> So how are you? Weather is turning. I know, turning and burning, as my favorite RuPaul's Drag Quest contestant from this year would say. Oh, really? Tina Burner. Shout out to Tina. I know you're an avid listener. (laughs) I can't. All right, so we're headed to 1996. And we're bombarded by images of another act of domestic terrorism that took place one year and one day to the Oklahoma City bombing. That's also the year of the Atlanta Olympics with the bombing. Oh, really? Yeah. 1996, Atlanta. Richard Jewell. Oh, was that movie good? Did you see it? I never saw it. So it was April 20th, 1996, when a bomb went off in Fort Myers, Florida. Someone had bombed the Coca-Cola plant. Really? Yeah. How come I've never heard this? I know. There was no fatalities, but it rocked the small town of Fort Myers. I shouldn't say small town. Sleepy town of Fort Myers. I was thinking that when I first heard like, oh, they bombed the Coca-Cola plant. I'm like, was it because of the huge riots? It might have been Pepsi, though. One of the Coke companies like promised this like major payout in Mexico. Oh, I remember that. They yeah. didn't. It was like they did it wrong and they couldn't give them all the Yeah, money. it was something. Yeah, I remember. I think maybe you told me that. But yeah. yeah. It was, was like, wasn't it like Colombia or something? Yeah, it was somewhere yeah. not in America. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Southern, Central America yeah. or South America. 
So sometimes the sh- this show throws me off so much because they had this big opening about this bombing happening at this Coca-Cola plant. And then immediately they just like never talk about it again. Really? They're like, this bombing happened. By the way, we're actually going to talk about this guy named Mark Schwebes, who's a band conductor at a high school. So it literally had nothing to do with the bombing. It kind of does, but not to like the very end. And they just they, they started off with like domestic terrorism. This bombing went off. Also, Mark, it's like the weirdest <laughs> transition. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So he also lives in Fort Myers. I guess that was the connection. <laughs> oh, good. But his name is Mark Schwebes. He was he's a 32 year old man who grew up in Fort Myers. I love that name. Mark Schwebe's? Yeah, I don't know why. Oh, Mark. It reminds me of the bread, Schwebel's. Me too. I was going to say it reminds me of the bread. Yeah. Like, that, like that should be a mini loaf, like a Schwebe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Million dollar de- <laughs> idea. Nobody steal it. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> He's the second youngest of five kids and taught music at Riverdale High School in 1995. <gasps> Riverdale? Like Jughead and Archie. That's so many pop culture references right? today. So Mark loved music, and that was um, how he connected with others. He was an amazing teacher, and his students loved him. They compared him to the teacher on Mr. Holland's Opus. I never saw that movie. I did. Was with good? Richard Dreyfuss? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. But Riverdale did not have a good reputation. Mm. It wasn't... They didn't have high-achieving students, according to another teacher at the school, which I thought was kind of rude for her to say, but, like, whatever. I mean, if it's She's true... She's like, we all knew our students were not high achievers. I, I mean, was like, oh, yikes. Does she work there anymore? I, I mean, know. Like, <laughs> hope she doesn't. <laughs> so Derek Shields is one of Mark's former students. Mark asked Derek to join his jazz band and kind of took him under his wing. So Derek was being raised by a single mom and had three other siblings, and he just kind of was not headed down like the right path he was working Mm. full time while also going to high school because he was helping to support his family isn't that wild that is wild yeah so um, mark kind of helped derek by like encouraging him to apply to college he got him scholarships he helped write letters of recommendation Mm. he was trying to like keep him on the right path sort of like michelle pfeiffer in dangerous minds if you will yes (laughs) yeah And he worked at the local Hardee's. Living in a gangster's paradise. Wow, that was so not good. (laughs) (laughs) But you get the point. Well, Mark was married to his job. And he worked morning till night with all the different bands at Riverdale. But he also was dating. (gasps) La la. He didn't really say much about it to his family. But he did say it was someone special. Her name was Paula Dodd. And she was a fellow teacher at Riverdale. Everything seemed to be going really well for Mark until... Mark's sister said he talked to her on April 29th and he was telling her that the next day there was going to be an ice cream social at the school to do like a meet and greet with him and other band members to get students like interested in joining the marching band and like other types of bands at the school. Okay. He said he was having a friend come over that night to drop off supplies for the ice cream social. And that was the last time his sister ever spoke to him. What was your favorite kind of ice cream? Anything with peanut butter, mm. like Panda Paws, chocolate peanut butter, peanut butter swirl, peanut butter chip. <laughs> peanut butter chip frozen yogurt is my favorite. Mm. What's yours? I love a chocolate and vanilla twist. Soft serve. I I always prefer soft serve over a regular. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't you think this is weird? So in Buffalo, we only dip soft serve ice cream. But like in Oswego... They only dip hard ice cream. They don't dip soft serve ice cream. Well, I think you could you could still dip 
both. You did both, but it's like just common ass. You go yeah. to dip hard. They don't even offer like the sauce. You know what I mean? Dip hard. And like in Buffalo, you would never go somewhere and say like, can you dip my hard? I mean, you could. Good, I guess. But yeah. Huh. You know? I thought that was weird. Ice cream social. Wrap it up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so on April 30th, Mark threw his ice cream social. They welcomed the eighth graders. Everyone had a great night. The event wound down around 930 at night. What high school ice cream social is going till 9.30 p.m.? Well. Like at my school, everything was just after school. So it'd be from like 2 to 4. You take the late bus home. Oh. Uh, like, no, you know I what mean, I mean? I if they had it, it after weird. school. Like, yeah, I guess that's late. That 9.30? I, think about I it. feel like that's late. But anyways, Mark left the high school parking lot around then. And the parking lot is nearly empty when he left. He goes to his house on Pine Manor, and then there's a 911 call. Okay. The caller is reporting two shots fired from somewhere on Pine Manor Drive. It's 11.30 p.m., and the police respond to a shooting on that street. The police arrive to a house with a door open, and there was a man laying right inside, like, the doorway of the house, with a gunshot wound to his abdomen and a fatal shot to his head. The police entered the residence and saw blood on the doorframe and blood on the walls. It didn't look like a forced entry. It looked like someone had just answered the door and was shot, like, right there when he answered it, at point blank. But what was the point of the shot of the abdomen? Unknown. Oh. Okay. So, they soon discovered that it was Mark Schwebe when they went into his car and found his ID. Poor Schwebe. But in Mark's car, they also found some surprising items. They found a fire extinguisher, a bag full of canned goods, and a lot of staplers. <laughs> Why is it some... I mean... But, like, maybe it's from the school? That's yeah. what I thought. Like, uh, I don't know. I thought it was going to be, like, a dildo. <laughs> the police thought it was weird. <laughs> a dildo. Right? A hedge like, trimmer. Yeah, like... like, things that don't go together. <laughs> they found his wallet in school pass. And his wallet had $65 in cash in it. So it didn't seem like it was a robbery. Why did he leave his wallet in his car? Some people do that. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. But some people, like... Because when you think about it, I mean, it makes sense. Like, if you, when do you need, you don't really need your wallet inside very often. When I online shop, I do. I know. But back in the day. Yeah, I guess. But to like, me, like, like back someone's going to break into my car. I'm not going to leave my wallet in it. I know. But not, back in 96, there wasn't as much online shopping. Yeah. So you really didn't need There's it. There's no online have, shopping in 96. I don't know. Could you buy stuff on dial-up? Yes. Uh, Could you? <laughs> side note i was just talking side note di- talking about dial-up i was just talking about how i tried to look at porn on dial-up not good not good not worth the not 20 good. minutes of downloading the dick pic not not worth the viruses you get <laughs> not good um so neighbors they started going like door to door to ask about it most neighbors had heard a gunshot bang but like other than that one guy who called 911, it sounded like no one, no one did cared. anything, which is weird. Well, like, I think if I heard a gunshot, like, I wouldn't know it was a gunshot unless yeah, it was I right know. next door. Right. I would think it was like a car backfiring or fireworks yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know it was a gunshot. Right. So one woman reported she had heard gunshots and then a loud car, lo- loud car take off. But as they started interviewing more people, everyone started reporting different things. A different color of the car, a different make of cars, different ethnicities of people in the car. Like, everyone had a different story. Well, that's why they say eyewitness testimony is only like 60% yeah. liable. Right. Re- reliable. So they really had no leads. They went back to the house to look at everything in there for any possible evidence. One thing they did find was a voicemail left on his answering machine. From who? Female voice. <gasps> the that voice floozy. said, 
She was sorry she couldn't make it to the ice cream co- social and said, I'll explain why when I see you next. Oh, boy. Dot, dot, dot. Interesting. So the woman was Paula Dodd. The police tracked her down and questioned her about Mark. She said that it was like a new relationship. They had just started dating. And the, when the police asked her why she didn't go to the ice cream social, she be, said it was because she was meeting with Bob Mann. Who's that? Her other boyfriend. But that she was meeting with him to end her relationship. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said it was a rough breakup, and that's why she didn't make it to the ice cream social. Did he kill Mark Schwebe? Paula said Bob left her house around 1030, very upset, and that was only one hour before Mark's murder. Did he kill him? Yeah, sounds like it to me. Well, now it's May 1st, 1996, the day after Mark was gunned down. His death was all over the news, like a teacher in a small town. How could it not be? So police tracked down Bob Mann and questioned him about Mark's death. He said he didn't even know who Mark was or that Paul and him were even dating. Likely story. That's what he said. Investigators were not buying that because they found out Bob was married and not to Paula. <laughs> what? And his wife didn't know that he was dating Paula. Wow. So if he was capable of keeping this secret, what else is he keeping? You filthy two-time and lying scum. So they keep questioning him. Neighbors reported that the car that drove off after shooting Mark had a loud muffler. It was super loud. So they questioned Bob about the type of car he had and did it have a loud muffler. Bob admitted that his car is not running well at the moment and it needed a tune-up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But he claims the night of the murder, when he got home around he got home around 10:30, he watched television and Bob's wife corroborated that story. Of course she did. So they had nothing else to go on and they had to let him go. Bye. So now they start questioning Mark's students for clues at the school. Were there any students that had it out for Mark? But there was really like nothing to find there. So three days later, out of the blue, the police get some shocking information. Shocking. An 18-year-old girl, Julie Shushard, had dropped out of school her sophomore year, and she came in claiming to have information on the murder of Mark Schwebe. And it wasn't Bob Mann. Wait, so she was a high school dropout. Mm -hmm. Okay. She said it was um, her... Her on-and-off-again boyfriend, Craig Lesh, he was 17 years old, and he told Julie that he was at Mark's house when he was shot. For what? What was he doing there? What is happening, and who are these people? Yeah. So they bring Craig in for questioning, and he was, like, terrified. He said, I'm not the one who did this. I wasn't there. I had nothing to do with it. But then his story started to slightly change. He said he did tell Julie he was involved because he claimed she was more affectionate when she knew he was involved with a murder. Ooh, she liked that bad boy. Like, okay, psycho. Well, some people are that type of shit. They questioned him for hours and he finally broke. He admitted to investigators that he didn't shoot Mark, but he knows who did. He said it was a small gang of four boys, and they called themselves the Lords of Chaos. What? It was a gang killer. It sounds like those stupid killers that I did. Remember the one I did about, like... <laughs> the Devil's the, Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good memory. I was right? like, the Christmas Day murders. Yeah. <laughs> or the one I did about that cult that wasn't really a cult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They were all current or former students of Riverdale High School. Were they his students? <gasps> so wait. I just, it's wild to me that it was like a gang. So I guess this gang of kids were known for being vandals. They had set a local restaurant's tiki hutch on fire, and they had burned Bibles in a local church. Mm, good one. I mean, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and 
They were responsible for the bombing of the Coca-Cola factory. Really? These high school kids? They wanted it to be on the anniversary of Waco and Oklahoma City bombing. Mm, interesting. So investigators were able to surmise that Craig knew about the killings, but that he was not involved. But how did this group of vandals go from arson to killing? Like, this is such a crazy story. Wait, arson, bombing, killing. So the head of the gang is a kid who calls himself God. Okay, enough already. Done with him. His name's Kevin Foster. He dropped out of high school in sophomore year. And he was a redneck type kid. Like, he smoked marbles. He drove a pickup truck. He listened to country music. He drank whiskey type of guy. Sounds like my cousin. (laughs) Back in the day. He also was a big fan. Big fan. Timothy McVeigh. Oh. He was an anti-government anarchist. This girl that I used to work with at the Olive Garden had the same textbook as Timothy McVeigh. Oh, like he had signed his mm-hmm. name on it? <gasps> yeah. He should have kept it and sold it. I know, right? Oh my God. Somebody definitely would have like bought it. I wonder if any notes in it. I don't know. Oh my God. So he, he viewed himself as like a super violent anti-hero. He was into the movie Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Natural Born Killers. And he said his gang had one mission. To cause anarchy that grabs headlines. Oh, God. So that's what he was hoping to do with the Coca-Cola bombing, and it worked. They were all, like, that was all over the headlines. Yeah. So their next headline attack, the next headline and attack that they had planned for was to go in, rob, and shoot up a Hardee's restaurant. And that was happening, like, they, the police found out that that was going to be their next move before it actually happened. Oh, good intel. Right. So they go to put, um... They go Who's to, the snitch? They race to like to the Hardys to try to stop another attack and a possible murder. And yeah. they set up surveillance. So first they went to Kevin Foster's house to follow his truck. They pulled that over and tracked down two other members of the gang at another location. Chris Black and Peter Magnotti. So Peter Magnotti is good friends with Derek Shields, who also works at Hardy's with him. I feel like this is a... Um... What was that book with all the Swedish people? What? The girl with the dragon tattoo. Like, there's so many characters. So, nobody was really under arrest, but they were still looking for that fourth gang member. So, they began questioning Kevin Foster, but he invoked his rights and the interview stopped. But the two other boys were singing like canaries. Tweet, tweet. And they got the fourth suspect, Derek Shields. Derek so he's the one that Mark had Shields. taken under his wing and tried to like, yeah. In the gang? Yeah. <gasps> Derek Shields. Good thing you were, you told me that because I totally did not <laughs> connect the dots on that name. And what were the boys talking about? They weren't talking about like the Coca-Cola City bombing, nothing else. They were talking about the murder of Mark Schwebees. So Derek was the one who knocked, who knocked on Mark's door to get Mark to answer the door. So they were trying to lure him to the front. Uh... And Kevin was the one to shoot him. So now police searched the home of Kevin Foster to try to find the murder weapon. They took over 20 firearms from his house and instructions on how to make bombs, all sorts of shit. Jesus. Derek Shields said that he cooperated right, right off the bat because he wanted the police to know the truth. Derek had met Kevin a month before Mark's murder through his friend Peter at Hardy. Magnati. Yeah. Peter idolized Kevin. He said, but Derek said he didn't really think much of Kevin. He thought he was kind of like a weird dork that like was into vandal like he was kind of like whatever this guy's kind of weird okay but he said that kevin came in handy when Derek's landlord cussed Derek's mother out and got her in tears for being late on the rent and that pissed Derek off 
So the man actually then evicted his family from their home. So he used the gang to retaliate. First, they started with one of the landlord's businesses, the Alva County Diner. They held it up by gunpoint. And just like that, Derek became a member of the Lords of Chaos. Uh. After the bombing of the Coca-Cola plant, Kevin was so happy with how it went and how it was all over the news that he immediately started to plan his next target, the Riverdale High Auditorium. Now, this was actually before Columbine happened, and they thought that it was possibly like a precursor for it. Really? Because it was in the new, like, once this murder came out, it was in the news what their plans was, and they think, Uh, like, it kind of sparked from things from there. Like, they kind of got, may have got ideas from it? So, he wanted to burn down the school with with Molotov cocktails. So, that night, they, the night that they went to Riverdale High School to start to put this in place and burn it down, that's when the ice cream social was happening. Oh. So they waited till the coast was clear, and they headed into the school to start vandalizing it. They steal a fire extinguisher, staplers, and cans of food. Oh, all the shit in his car. Sound familiar? Yeah. So Mark Schwebe drove by in his Bronco, and he saw Mark Black, who was a member of the Lords of Chaos by a payphone. He was standing guard. And he recognized him as a student of the school, and he saw, like, the fire extinguishers and the food, and he got super suspicious, so he confiscated them. And he tells him that you may hear from the school resource officers, like, this is weird. I'm going to report that you're stealing items. Well, how did he know it was from the school that he took it back? I don't know. Oh, all right. I just feel like that's weird. weird. Like, how did did he just take it? Like, he knew where it was from. Maybe maybe the fire extinguishers had, like, the name of the school school on it. Yeah. All right. So once they the kids like go back to where that guy was standing guard, they're nervous that they might that Mark's gonna like figure out once they see that the oh, school scandalized that it was like him and they're gonna like see that it was connected to other things and who who was doing it. Oh, okay. So Kevin said they needed to do something about Mark and Chris Black said, Yeah, we should kill him. Ugh. So they call 411 on the payphone and uh, got his address. Uh, LOL 411. Remember uh, that? No. I know. You don't it. remember 411? I mean, I know what it is, but I never uh, used it. Really? Yeah, no. I would. Really? You just say like the name of the person. They give you like their address and phone number. No shit, really? Yeah, it would be like, um, I need to be connected to Jeff Seifert in, in Lockport, New York. And they'd be like, okay. And they'd like send your phone call over there. Oh, so the it's like Google before Google? Yeah. Huh. I can't believe you never used it. I mean, so, yeah, no. <laughs> they all jump into Kevin's car, take off from Mark's house. Derek Shields claims he was trying everything he could to talk them out of doing this. Sure he was, But Derek. they said they just streamed at him to shut up. They wanted Derek to walk to the door to get Mark to learn, learn out. He refused, but Kevin said, listen, someone's going to die today, tonight, either him or you, and pointed the shotgun right at Derek. Ugh, so like, what uh, do you do? I know. So Derek went with Kevin to the front door. When Mark answered the door, Derek took off running. Kevin just raised his shotgun and shot him clean in the face. Once he fell, he shot him again. Now. Then they all just raced to the car and took off. I may be jumping the gun here, but felony murder wasn't a a charge back then, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I think felony felony murder is a recent uh, uh, law change. Yeah. So Derek said he sat in his driveway once he got home and just cried after. But like, I don't know. Like, should I feel bad for him? Should I not? I don't know. This one's kind of wild to me. Uh, I think you shouldn't feel bad for him. I think he should have tipped his teacher off. Yeah. How though? There's no cell phones or anything. He was with them. 
So they were all Make charged. noise, bang well, pots were, and pans in the driveway when you get yeah, there. I, I don't know. So they were all charged with first degree murder with the death penalty. Ugh. Peter Magnotti pled guilty to second degree murder and sentenced to 32 years. And Kevin is, was the shooter. Yeah, Kevin was the shooter. Peter was just in the gang. Derek Shields and Chris Black pled guilty to first degree murder and got life sentences. Kevin refused to plead anything, so he went to trial. The first day of the trial, he turned to the family of Mark Schwebe's and made like a gun shooting motion at them. Wow. What a psycho. So the jurors. That is psycho. Yeah. So the jurors came back. What do you think happened? What do you think he was convicted? Do you think he was guilty or not guilty? Oh, he's definitely guilty. Yeah. What was his sentence? Life? Death penalty. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the South. Yeah. So as of October 2018, Kevin Foster remains on death row at the Union Correctional Institute of Rafford in Florida. He's still on death row? He's still on death row. So he's been on death row for 40... Since 1996. 25 years. Well... I mean... How long is that? (laughs) 25 years. I don't know. Yeah, 25 years. We're not good at math. We're not good at math. So yeah, he's still on death row. I mean, people sit on death row for so long. For a long time, yeah, yeah. That's why they. That's why one of the reasons why the death penalty costs more than yeah, sending someone to life in prison. I also just feel like these stories are such random. I thought they were going to be like headlining yeah, stories of the nineties. I don't remember that at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Huh? Lords of Chaos. That wasn't. I also feel like they say on the show like this could have been a precursor to Columbine, but you would have thought you'd he- you would have heard, heard more of about it, it in yeah. relation to Columbine. When was Columbine again? 2000? No. It was in the 90s, wasn't it? No, I don't think so. Really? 1999. April 20th, 1999. What did you think? Again, another straightforward one. The only thing that's like a little like, do you feel bad for Derek Shields? Should he have done more? No. I think he should have done more. I think he should have done more and I don't feel bad for him. I, like, he got involved in a gang. Don't get involved in a gang. Yeah, that's freaking stupid. Also, why do you call yourselves Lords of Chaos? It reminds me of Lords of the Fly. Oh, yeah. Lord of the Fly. Yeah. I thought Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I walked out of that movie. stupid. Oh, my God. Cameron just recently made me start watching them. And Ugh. I'm like, ugh. All right, friends. Well, let us know what you think. I think we're halfway through this yeah, 90s we are. series. And... We're not recommending no, you watch it. Not recommending. <laughs> not recommending at all. I think it gets better because I think like the OJ case is one of them. I think Bill Clinton's one of them. So maybe we'll I. See. I mean, are you going to do Bill Clinton or am I? Because you love Bill Clinton. I love me some Bill. Mm, mm. He's canceled. I know. He was PETA Man of the Year a few years ago, though. So because oh, he's a vegan. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Let us know what you think. Thanks Don't for forget to follow in. us on It Just Makes Sense podcast on Instagram. Um, you can also follow me at WW Sam on the Buff. You can follow me at Jeff Seif on Twitter, 1F. And you can always join the Facebook discussion group to like, comment, chat, see pics, anything you want in that group. Come and join. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and recommend us to others. Look for Sam's OnlyFans coming out soon. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> Okay, bye. Bye.